Hello, hello, my name is Rainer and welcome to Nordic Sustainability Investigator. In this podcast, I'm interviewing sustainability managers from successful businesses in the Nordics to learn from them how to create more sustainable organizations. Varma is a Finnish pension insurance company and their core task is to secure pensions. In today's episode, we have two guests, Katarina Sillander, who is communications and sustainability manager at Varma, and Katri Vipola, who is a senior vice president of communications, HR and CSR. Together, we discuss how they manage their assets responsibly and also what other initiatives they have that contribute to society. Hello, Katarina and Katri, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Rainer, and thank you for having us. Hello. And uh, my first question to you both is uh, that how did you start your career in sustainability? And uh, also the second question that uh, I always ask, that how do you define sustainability for yourself? And uh, maybe we will start with you, Katri. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, the motivation behind sustainability are often quite complex and uh, personal and and, uh, diverse. And uh, as we know, sustainability really can be applied to almost anything in life. So I have to say that it's difficult to say when I started to work with sustainability. Uh, But uh, I started my career as uh, in media. I worked for a long time as a journalist and then in several HR positions. And uh, today my job revolves around three big elements of human resources, uh, communications and corporate responsibility. So uh, I feel that sustainability is a big part of my job description. And uh, I like to describe it as a tireless work to promote responsible management and uh, uh, working culture and transparent communications and uh, ethical uh, operating policies. So uh, these teams contain the full color spectrum of working life. So for me, sustainability is mostly about optimism and uh, and it means making long-term choices and creating future-proof organizations and society for us and future generations. And should I go next? So this yeah. is Katarina, and I started uh, in sustainability in the summer of 2015. And until that year, I had been a communications manager at Varma. And that summer, I was asked to start this new position as a sustainability manager. And my first task was to create our first corporate level uh, sustainability program and then later on start implementing it. And that is something I'm still doing. And nowadays I'm a team leader in uh, communications and sustainability. And um, I was thinking of answering uh, this sustainability in my life uh, question in a, in a corporate context. Um, and I must say, I have a quite same ideas that Katri just presented. And to me, it, sustainability means uh, 
that you as a company, you do not only look at financial factors, but you also consider what is ethical, what is right, and also what our stakeholders expect us to do when it comes to, say, maybe uh, environmental or social issues. And if you think of Varma as, as a pension insurer, uh, I think it's very uh, important for us to be operating in an ethical and very transparent way. And also the, the responsibility we have for our Varma employees, that's, that's very important. And also, of course, our customers. And I think we have many ways of, of making uh, Finnish working life better. And since we are a, a significant investor, so I think it's uh, important how we choose to invest the pension assets. And uh, last but not least, I'd like to emphasize that I think that sustainability can be seen as a real asset and it can give you a competitive edge. Very interesting. And uh, before we go on talking about Varma, I have uh, one question for uh, Katri about uh, your position. Uh, so it's all uh, quite often said that uh, sustainability cannot be the responsibility of only one department at the company. And uh, you are responsible for not only sustainability, but also communications and uh, HR. So do you see that uh, being responsible for many different aspects of company makes it easier to make these uh, sustainability initiatives come alive? Well, good question. And, and uh, especially when you want to be creating future-proof organization, then it's really good if you have a sustainable department close to you when you are in HR or in communications. And I always say that these three are very nice combined together and uh, sustainability is one kind of glue between HR and communications. So I'm sure that our sustainable uh, professional now professionals doesn't feel so lonely in our company because they are part of bigger department. And I'm happy to say that also our uh, CEO and our management team, uh, we all have a very strong relationship with, with sustainable themes. So uh, I don't feel any lonely here or, or mm -hmm. I don't, I'm sure we all have a, have a strong feeling that in this this industry, sustainability is something, something what really matters. Great. Uh, now let's move on to Varma. So how would you explain to a person who doesn't know about Varma that what kind of company it is? Okay. Uh, well, uh, Varma provides pension insurance for work carried out in Finland. So Varma is a mutual company and it's uh, owned by its client companies. And uh, in a nutshell, Varma's core task is to secure pensions. And uh, we are also a responsible and solvent investor. We talk about that later on. And uh, our services in uh, work ability management and rehabilitation help our client companies to save in pension and sick leave costs. And uh, 
uh, we also let office space and flats and provide financing for for companies. And uh, I think that I should to mention also that the Finnish uh, system is unique because uh, system is uh, benefit based. So in other words, the content of pension provision is defined by law. And uh, uh, most of the money needed for paying pension, pensions comes from the pension contributors collected from employers and employees each year. And uh, uh, this implementation model of the Finnish earning related pension system, it's, it's different from the models used elsewhere in the EU. So that was the reason I, uh, why I wanted to explain why the system is so unique yeah can you say uh, approximately how many assets uh, do you manage well i can add there that it's uh, uh, 50.2 billion euros at the moment that's an impressive number and uh, when we talk about investments then uh, there is such term as responsible investment so what does it mean yeah, I can take that one. Um, I'm sure there are many definitions uh, for responsible investment, but I'm trying to put in a nutshell how we see it at Varma. So when you make uh, investment decisions, you look at the financial performance, of course, but also take into consideration so-called ESG factors. So <laughs> investment processes, in those you include aspects of E as in environment, S as in social, and G as in governance. So you take into, into account, of course, those return expectations, but also these what's called non-financial or maybe pre-financial issues and acknowledge that they actually might have an influence on returns. And of course, there, is, there are a wide range of issues from uh, emissions or waste, biodiversity, human rights, transparency of governance, and so on. But what's important to notice is that different industries, they have different ESG issues. So for example, uh, if you think of climate change or environmental uh, issues, uh, they might be in focus, say, in, maybe in transportation or electricity, electricity production. Uh, but if you think of, uh, say, an IT company, then maybe environment is not that relevant, but you have other aspects like social and maybe data protection issues and so forth. And I'd also like to add that uh, there are studies that show that uh, if, you, if you go this responsible investment way, then it does not conflict with return expectations. So it's quite smart way of making investments. So how do you uh, use responsible investments uh, in your company? So what criteria do you have for the company's uh, bonds and some other assets that you invest in? Yeah, if you kind of take a look at the most general ones. So as we have a, a globally diversified portfolio, so it's quite important that the companies all over the world they should comply with local legislation. But then also they should uh, comply with certain international standards and agreements. And that's 
what we call uh, sustainability standards. And maybe the most known is uh, United Nations Global Compact. And that covers quite a lot, say, uh, for example, ILO labor conventions and anti-corruption human rights. So uh, complying with these standards is, is important for us. And we actually also review compliance with these standards. And that is something that we call a norm-based screening. And, and we have a special service provider uh, that has a database of companies. And if they have any uh, violations, uh, either suspected or confirmed. And the screening that we have, it covers uh, listed equities and also corporate bonds. And what's nice is that their portfolio managers at Varma, they have an up-to-date uh, access to all this information. So when you make your investment decisions, uh, so is it uh, mainly that you look at uh, these different um, certifications that uh, the companies have or and then make your decisions or do you have to still uh, go deeper in understanding uh, uh, what impact do these companies have? Um, I must say that I'm not an in investment professional and I myself, I do not do investment decisions, but I know there's a lot of data available. There are lots of uh, service providers giving uh, ESG ratings and ESG data. So there's lots of information to back your decisions. Is this something that you try to ask? <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. And uh, uh, do you have uh, some kind of uh, types of companies or industries that you exclude from your investment portfolio? Sure. Um, if you look at uh, ethical reasons, uh, we exclude tobacco and controversial weapons, and uh, such as nuclear weapons, cluster bombs, uh, biological and chemical weapons. So if you want to put it short, it's like industries that, you know, make products that kill people. So that is something we don't want to invest in, in ethical points of view. But then um, in order to mitigate climate change, uh, we also uh, exclude uh, coal producers, uh, oil exploration, and uh, the kind of electricity producers whose operations rely heavily on coal. So those kind of companies are also excluded. And uh, actually we have a goal to accelerate the phasing out of coal power plants uh, by the year 2030. And otherwise we will exit the investment. And um, beside these, what we can call like blacklists or exclusions, we have kind of a gray list that's that's where we have industries that we have an what's called enhanced ESG monitoring. And uh, there we have alcohol and adult entertainment, gambling, but also the kind of what we call transition industries. And they are the kind of uh, industries that are significantly uh, exposed to risk caused by climate change. And there we have industries like oil and gas, automotive, transport, uh, 
electricity production and so forth. So the kind of uh, industries are really closely monitored and there is a certain process for portfolio managers if they wish to invest in companies in these industries. And uh, you have set the target for a carbon neutral portfolio by 2035. Uh, what actions have you taken towards getting there? Yeah, um, if you look at the uh, past five years, we've been working a lot with that goal already. And uh, as we have reduced uh, the carbon footprint of uh, in our asset classes, uh, we have done it quite dramatically. And uh, that is something we will continue doing even even greater reductions in the future will be needed in different asset classes. And, um, but at the same time, I think it's important to point out that um, climate change also provides investment opportunities. And for a year now, uh, we've been um, composing a kind of a climate-friendly allocation, and it's made up of investments in different asset classes. For example, companies, and our properties. So that is something that we are we are composing right now. And um, if you think of, uh, if you look at our real, real estate investments, uh, we have set targets there too. And the targets are that our properties, uh, they will use emission-free heating and emission-free electricity. So that means heat pumps, solar panels, but also geothermal heating. So that's something we've been working with the, uh, already last year. And as, a, as we are quite a, a big a real, estate, real estate investor in Finland, so we can actually make big progress in, in, re, in, in uh, reduction of of uh, emissions that come from the buildings. Uh, what is your main motivation in uh, setting the target for a carbon neutral portfolio? So one aspect is uh, definitely the climate aspect that uh, uh, companies need to reduce their uh, carbon footprint. Uh, but on the other hand, it seems like, uh, like so-called uh, green companies uh, that are uh, trying to solve climate change. Uh, they are also uh, financially maybe more uh, uh, profitable. So would you say that, that the motivation for this goal is uh, only the climate aspect or profitability aspect or something in between? Well, um, I'd say it's both because um, um, if you think of climate risk, uh, it might also uh, show in your uh, return expectations. So I think it's quite wise for an investor to look at climate issues as well, because they might have uh, effect on cash flows in the future. But at the same time, as a big investor, I think it's very, uh, very important for us to invest the assets in a way that we can secure uh, the life of the future generations. And that is why we set our goals so high. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, well, I read on your website uh, about uh, target a little bit in more depth. And uh, it seems that uh, 
seemed that it uh, it was mostly focused on uh, energy sector. But have you considered other industries uh, in your strategy as well? Uh, for example, uh, food industry is also a major emitter of uh, greenhouse gases, uh, with especially animal agriculture. Uh, and according to some studies, uh, the animal agriculture may be responsible for up to 50 or even 70% of all uh, human-made greenhouse gases. So have you considered uh, that also? Yeah, actually, I was talking about this with a colleague of mine, so Hanna Kaskela, who is our director of responsible investments about this uh, food industry question. And and she said that uh, uh, we are following closely every emitting industry, so not only electricity, but all those transition industries that I talked about uh, just a couple of minutes ago. But um, what it comes to food industry, uh, she said that globally cattle herd is in many countries, it's privately or family owned. So it's not a, in listed companies, that's very general. So, but, but what is very interesting is that uh, it's consumer behavior that is the driver for the whole food industry right now to become more low carbon. And also uh, many retailers and meat packers are acting according to this change of behavior. Yeah, maybe investments that are connected to animal agriculture uh, could also be uh, next to maybe in the gray list next to other companies with uh, some ethical uh, concerns. Well, they are not, you know, so-called gray list. I think this gray list is my own own nomination to this this enhanced ESG uh, monitoring list. But no, food industry is not there. Okay. Uh, what are the main key performance indicators that you use in uh, tracking your uh, sustainability efforts? Hmm. Uh, I must say there is a bunch. But I um, will just mention a couple of the most relevant ones. Uh, as I said earlier, and as you had read, <laughs> we have a we have a big target to to reach a carbon neutral portfolio. And to get there, we have set many uh, uh, targets uh, or roadmap how to get there, and that means uh, emission reductions in in different asset classes, for example, equities. And, and I think the target for the climate allocation uh, will, will help us to get there too. And if you look at our properties, uh, switching to emission-free heating and electricity, it has a big impact. And we'll, we, we will follow the percentage of, of that emission-free heat and electricity all the time. But if you look at other than uh, environmental KPIs, and uh, I said earlier that uh, for our, our kind of business, it's, it's quite critical to uh, operate in an ethical and transparent way. So uh, it's uh, in Varma, it's very important that every employee is familiar with our code of conduct guidelines. And every two years, we have an uh, online course that everyone is expected to pass and that that uh, percentage or the completion rate that's monitored and it's reported. 
And by the way, last year we made it to 100%. So everybody passed that course. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we do have the same kind of process with, uh, for example, data protection uh, guidelines. They are also very uh, essential to the business like us with handling so much personal information. And of course, when it comes to responsibility in uh, supply chain management, uh, our target is that uh, the su supplier code of conduct that we have, that it should be attached to all our agreements. And uh, of course, we are working with, uh, with uh, customers. So we do have lots of KPIs for responsibility for our customer categories as well. Uh, of course, we we try to uh, provide them with high quality customer service. So we uh, monitor NPS uh, rates regularly. And if you think of, uh, we are a pension pension company. So the smooth processing of pension applications is it's quite critical. And uh, it's very important for our customers that their pension applications are processed swiftly and with no interruptions to their income. And we also monitor how, how, may, how many of our, we have rehab, rehabilitation customers. So uh, we have a survey uh, and monitor how many of them return to working life. And we also have, quite a few KPIs when it comes to uh, responsibility for Varma employees. But I think Katri will tell you more about that, that work that we do. Yeah. Uh, just before we go more about the Varma's employees, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the su supplier code of conduct. Uh, can you explain a little bit more what kind of suppliers does Varma have? Because you don't manufacture anything and you're a pension company. Uh, what kind of suppliers do you have? Well, you know, I get that a lot. So people are asking, what do you buy? Do you buy, buy pencils and uh, what else <laughs> for, your, for your office? <laughs> but actually, we are quite a big operator when it comes to uh, uh, buying IT services because, you know, pension systems, they are huge IT systems as well. So we buy a lot of uh, IT work and systems. And also uh, as a real estate uh, investor, we have lots of con uh, construction uh, sites. So that is something we, uh, we buy quite a lot, constructions and also management of our properties. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh... Okay, I think uh, we covered investments uh, very well, and now we can talk more about uh, Varma's employees and uh, and yeah, here's uh, I think question for you, Katri, that uh, what targets and actions do you have regarding responsibility for Varma's employees? Uh, this is big issue because, uh, as we know, the world is struggling with the COVID nineteen pandemic at the moment and and of course it has an impact on us too so these are difficult and strained times and uh, uh, today leaders have never been under so much pressure uh, like they do at the moment because of covid-19 and uh, uh, also at the same time 
expectations are high and the outlook for the future is quite unclear. So at the moment, a key goal for us is to guarantee a high and consistent level of supervisory work for our employees. And uh, especially these times, these times, of course, always we want to be a good and safe workplace to our employees. And uh, uh, like we say in our vision, we want to help our employees uh, through these difficult times. So Varma's leaders and managers receive continuous training and, and uh, uh, feedback on supervisory work is systematically collected. And uh, Varma has about uh, 550 employees. And uh, as we all know, our success is based on our competent employees who take care of our customers. And uh, one thing which is really close to my heart is our working culture. Uh, Varma's work culture has been developed in, in several ways over the past few years. And uh, at Varma, flexible work culture also means, means being able to balance work and personal life. And I think this is getting a bigger role all the time when we talk about uh, what's happening in, 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 in the world and, and also in Finland nowadays. And uh, of course, we are doing continuous competence development and our focus is uh, related to agile ways of working, self-management and competence sharing and, and, and things like that. And um, when you asked about uh, uh, targets, targets and metrics, uh, I can tell you that um, we carry out an employee survey every year. And in recent years, the results have been continuously improving. And, and as you can imagine, we are really happy about this. And um, uh, Varma was included for the second time on the list on, of Finland's most inspiring workplaces and we believe it's it's thanks to our continuously evolving work culture and one more thing when we talk about uh, uh, responsibility and sustainability uh, in finland we have an annual event uh, called responsible summer job it's in finnish it's vastuullinen kesäduuni and uh, uh, this event is challenging employers to offer more summer jobs for young people to aim for them to get an excellent employee experience during the summer. And uh, I'm very happy to say that Varma was selected as number one in the large companies category last year. And it was so nice, so nice feedback for us, especially because it was uh, the first Corona year. It was really really tough time and uh, we were uh, we were working remotely almost the whole summer so it was really nice uh, feedback from uh, from our young and new employees that's uh, great to hear uh, maybe a little bit more about the uh, impact of uh, covid uh, how many of your employees have had to work from home during the times and uh, how do you think uh, has this impacted their uh, performance or 
how how has it impacted the perform performance of their jobs and uh, satisfaction rates? Uh, well, um, this is good question because the whole company started to work remotely from home uh, uh, at the same time. At was it next uh, last March a year ago? So it was uh, it was uh, the whole company and. Uh, I'm so happy that we have so modern culture and we already had a very good uh, experience about remote work. So uh, this year has been a good one for us. Uh, for example, these surveys, uh, our employees tells us that they are really happy about this, this possibility to work from home and to get this all flexibility, what you get when you, when you, you, you work from home. Of course, it's obvious. We really miss our colleagues. We would like to see each other at the office too. And we would like to eat a very good food because we have a good restaurant at the office too. But uh, the majority of, of our uh, employees are satisfied with their work, even though we are living these very strange times because of COVID-19. Mm. But once uh, the pandemic will... If, if it ends uh, one time, then uh, do you consider uh, setting, setting up some kind of a hybrid uh, to give uh, uh, employees more flexibility that uh, some days they are at the office and some days uh, from uh, home office? Have you considered uh, different scenarios? Yes, definitely we have. And, and I'm, 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 I'm sure about this, that uh, in the future uh, we are working in hybrid model. And uh, uh, I'm sure that it's also possible to work for Varma from different parts of Finland. Of course, we have some, some uh, locations at the moment too. But if you want to work from your cottage or, or, or some other place, it's fine. We are, uh, we are not interested about place where you work. We are interested about the results. And uh, especially now uh, when it's getting all the time, it's getting... Uh, harder to find good uh, professional in some some positions you have to be uh, really open-minded with a different kind of uh, ways to, to 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 do work and I, I i have to say that at the same time as this has been really difficult year i'm happy that now we have done this and we have learned so much so we have so much more opportunities too because of this all that's uh, very exciting to hear. Uh, I read that uh, you have uh, such teams uh, in your organization, such as Green Office Team and uh, the Quality and Non-Discrimination Working Group. Uh, what are the roles of them? Yes, we have these two nice and important working groups that focus on developing responsible ways of operating. Uh, this green office team and the equality and non-discrimination working group and uh, just like uh, as, as Kata told earlier we have set ambitious climate targets for our investments and uh, uh, of course we want to follow sustainable practices also in our own building and operations so uh, the green office team coordinates Varmas environmental program and um, Varma's head office is located in Salmisaari, Helsinki 
and uh, 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 we would we like to call it our own test laboratory, mm-hmm. and uh, and I we call it like that because there we can test and implement different things. Uh, for example, we have uh, uh, solar panels and charging points for electric cars. And um, uh, last year, we switched to green recycled heat, which is emission-free and, and, and carbon-neutral and 100% recycled heat. And uh, Varma was one of the first companies to switch to, to recycled heat. So, so these are nice examples uh, what this green office team is, is doing. And when we think about targets and measures, uh, the Varma's Green Office team's uh, measures are related to reducing energy consumption, waste and paper consumption, food waste and, and, and reducing emission from commuting. Of course, we are not traveling. We, we are not able to travel at the moment, but maybe again in the future. Mm. And... Uh, uh, one more thing which I'm, I'm happy about is that we also encourage and engage with uh, our office campus neighbor companies to improve their environmental sustainability. And uh, this is something what is nicer to do together because uh, sustainability is, is so much larger than just one person or one company or one country. And, and we have to do this together, so we want to do this together with our own campus. We have there uh, about f- from four to five other companies in that same campus with us, and those are international companies. So, so this is very nice cooperation. Do you have a- any examples of uh, this co- cooperation? Like, how- what have you done together? Well, for example, uh, in fact, you asked about this equality and non-discrimination working group. So uh, I can tell you that we have uh, done some something together when we talk about minorities. Uh, uh, In fact, I think that all industries in Finland need to work harder to create opportunities for people from minorities. And uh, 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 in, in... uh, 2019, we established Bright Network, which is open to all Varma employees who want to be part of developing diversity at Varma. And uh, maybe you know that this is especially for the point of view of sexual and gender minorities. And uh, this was the uh, uh, something what we did together with, with our uh, neighbor companies. We put our flags the front of the building together and we wanted to send the message that, that this is a really really important thing to us and uh, it's important to remember that when we pay attention to minorities issues we also end up improving the working life of the majority so so uh, this is important and, and it's about uh, 40 varma employees from different parts of the organization who participate in this network, and uh, they are also called as a as a pride gang, and uh, they plan and organize events and communication activities related, for example, Varma Helsinki Pride partnership and, and things like that. And uh, 
You are also the official partner of the Helsinki Pride movement and the campaign for diversity in work. Uh, why and uh, what does that include? Yes, this is an important theme for us. Uh, Barma is an official partner uh, of Finland's largest human rights event, Helsinki Pride. And uh, I think that the situation of sexual and gender minorities in Finland is good, uh, but there is still room for improvement. And uh, it's important for people in Finnish workplaces to talk about these things. Uh, I don't like that much about big marketing campaigns. Uh, we need to increase knowledge and understanding about sexual and gender minorities through dialogue and and uh, by coaching and training our personnel and management. And uh, this has been a really good uh, uh, partnership for us because we have learned so much uh, during this this thing and and through this partnership with Helsinki Pride, Uh, we want to communicate to diversity uh, that diversity and equality are important values for us and actions for us, and we want to send a message for the, for our uh, employees and customers and partners. We want to say that uh, when you work with us or, or in our company, you can be yourself, uh, uh, and everybody should be allowed to reach your own full potential at work. You don't. We know that the psychological safety is really important thing uh, when you want to make innovation and good results. Then it's always better if you have uh, people from different backgrounds. Absolutely, and uh, I think now we covered quite well uh, the sustainability work at Varma that you do. Uh, and what uh, do you think? Or what do you feel could be done better at uh, your sustainability work? What would be some of the main bottlenecks? Um, I'm not sure if you can call it a bottleneck, but I, I think it's something that takes time quite a bit. It's it's the uh, amount of reporting. So reporting, it takes uh, a lot of time uh, for uh, a lot of people. And that time is something that it's it's taken away from the work that you could be developing uh, sustainability issues. But I think that is something that every company is now now tackling the same problem that there is more regulation coming from maybe EU and and even more more issues to report. So it's it's kind of a finding the balance between how much you spend your time on reporting and how much you you uh, choose to allocate it on on trying to make things go forward. I agree with Katha. I, I have to say that we already report and communicate a lot, uh, but it's still important to increase transparency and, and talk about sustainable things very clearly, to use clear talk. And... Uh, 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 We always should collect. Uh, this is always this is also a good advice to other companies that it's it's very wise to collect data and show data. So it tells that you are transparent, and uh, once you have data, you can calibrate your business and goals. So it's it's the 
one main thing when you want to want to really understand where you are going and and how far are you and when you want to compare what you are doing to other companies then you need a good good data and uh, and intelligent uh, behind that what do you think are the three most important lessons uh, from Varma that other companies could learn from to become more sustainable? Well, I want to say that uh, it's always difficult to start. So I, I, I just want to encourage all the companies to start, for example, with the low-hanging fruits and small tips and, uh, uh, and walk the talk, do things first and tell them afterwards. There are many companies who are telling what they are going to do, but uh, I always appreciate when you do something first and tell, tell after that. And uh, like they say, insight without action is just an opinion. So walk the talk and show what are you really going to do. That is a good one. <laughs> and I might add that I'm not sure if this is a, it's, it's a lesson or but it's, I think it's it's a fact that uh, in sustainability business, the target is moving, and it's it's quite impossible. You just that you would just stop and relax even for a while. And if I look back, like when I started as a sustainability manager, uh, I got questions like, "Why are you as investors talking about climate change? Like, what is the deal here?" And if you look at it now, it's it's quite obvious that that climate risk and 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 how we can mitigate climate change it's it's one of the uh, biggest things we can contribute when we think about the uh, how future generations might might have it here. So I think I would just say that you really need to lean forward and 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 try to see what's coming next and don't stop. Great advice. Uh, do you also have a third lesson? Well, maybe we can just say that uh, uh, adopting sustainable practices, whether large or small, uh, they can have significant impact in the long run. Long run. So uh, uh, remember how positive uh, impact it can have for your business image as well as revenue so there are always many sides which are following when you when you start to be more sustainable great uh, what do you think are the biggest changes happening in the pension insurance industry or market over the next decade um, well i see difficult times ahead because uh, europe is aging and finland is is at the front line of this development. Uh, in fact, immediately after Japan, which is not a part of Europe, but still, uh, uh, the age structure will have a major impact on the size of the younger population in Finland. So at the same time, low birth rates and small generation has an impact on the future of occupational pension scheme. And uh, people living longer will affect the funding of pension system and healthcare and, and state uh, economies and so on. And uh, Finnish economy is growing slowly. And uh, at the same time, Finnish labor market is quite demanding, uh, mostly because of language and uh, 
also legislation is is quite different and hire and fire is is quite difficult in Finland. Uh, so as you can hear, I see difficult times ahead. Uh, but I always want to see a positive side too. Uh, like in Finland, uh, life in Finland is better than ever in many aspects. Uh, for example, uh, long live expectancy and advanced healthcare and uh, material uh, well-being and uh, like I said earlier, majority of Finns are satisfied with their work. So, uh, and let's remember that Finland is the happiest country in the world. <laughs> so, so yeah. I want to remember this uh, to see the positive side too. So, uh, so uh, change will happen even if we do nothing. So, I think we just should to continue and remember the bright sides and and take good. Uh, uh, advantage about those. For example, education and, and working best practices are, for example, something of which other countries could take note when looking at improving the happiness of their people. So, so I, I'm I'm still believing in the future, even though there are a lot of uh, dark clouds also. Yeah. Katri and Katarina, thank you so much for sharing uh, yours and Varma's uh, great experience. And uh, if listeners want to contact you or maybe learn more about the sustainability at Varma, then how can they do it? Well, they can find our uh, email addresses and phone numbers from our uh, web be- website. So please call us or send email. We are happy to talk with you and... and uh, maybe find something together. Thank you for listening. If you liked the episode, then be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you have been a long time listener, I would be very grateful if you could leave your rating at Apple Podcasts. And if you have some feedback, then you're welcome to leave it at our website nordicsustainabilityinvestigator.com